Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 481. This week on the podcast, good news. New speaker Mike Johnson has a podcast, so look forward to new scandals breaking weekly. And Jared Golden is the Erica Jane of the U.S. House. Plus, somebody should tell Mike Pence that his life has hit rock bottom. And the Lincoln Project finally manifested a real-life human in Dean Phillips. Plus, a new candidate has soared into second place in the GOP primary. Now a mere 30 points behind Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's war on zippers. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. You can also find us here in Lila's apartment, taking each other's temperature. I have a thermometer that's just sitting on my, <laughs> on my dining room table. one of those ones that you just hold up to people's foreheads. Yeah, and periodically, yeah. I just take my own temperature, just because I like to be on the safe Mine side. Mine was 97.2, that seems low. I know, but or also... no, 0.4. Before that, it was 95.2, <laughs> so... Do you need to return that? I don't know if it's one of the great temperatures, but I don't know if there are great temperatures because I went to the doctor today and their thermometer, which is oh. one of these, was broken as well and oh. was showing my temperature to be a temperature that we believe it not to have been. <laughs> it was oh, no. like 92 points. <laughs> um, oh, and no. so I think that maybe thermometers in general have gone to pot. Interesting. Well, I've never trusted... What did that thing know? After like a millisecond of like no, being an inch you, away from your forehead. Looking- <laughs> It's ridiculous. No. It doesn't know. It doesn't know. No, and I feel like these were the thermometers that we were supposed to use to, like, for food temperatures and things like that. Like, I feel like the first Uh. time I saw this kind of thermometer that's the kind, the lasery kind that you point at people's heads, that it was, like, either it was the ear thermometers for children and then the food thermometers where it was, like, a high-tech food I never trusted those ear one either. Of course not. How did they know? (laughs) Just from looking in your ear, they can find out what your temperature is with the air? No. No. That's outrageous. (laughs) (laughs) But... During COVID, I obtained this so that I could obsessively check my te- <laughs> my temperature, yeah. and also I never once got a fever when I had COVID. So oh, you didn't? Never. Oh, interesting. Mm. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So in a lot of ways, this achieved nothing for anyone, <laughs> but it's been a fun party trick. <laughs> anyway, Brent's too cold. Oh, <laughs> boy. Um, what a week in that we saw the resolution to one problem and the creation of a new problem. <laughs> Which is that we finally found a speaker. Oh, boy. Oh, my. They gave up is what happened. Yeah. And they were just like, does anyone want to do this? Can anyone do this? And a guy who's a lunatic was like, yeah, I'll do it. Right. And then they were they, like, he doesn't they, look as scary as Jim Jordan. They, they gave up when they got to the wrong person. Yes. <laughs> right. And it was like, they were trying everyone. So they yeah. had a lot of wrong people to go through. And they hadn't yeah. quite gotten through all of them. Right. When this guy who I believe was able to achieve this victory based on having a generic name and a generic look. So I mm. think everyone just thought, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. But actually, he's like an evangelical, wildly sort of like conservative Oh, he's MAGA a... Oh, yeah, MAGA Mike. <clears throat> MAGA Mike, right. That's the, the Democrats National Dems have settled on. Have sure. settled on MAGA Mike. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, but I just, what a, what a pick... Especially after the midterms that they just had, yes. where they only have this narrow majority, in large part due to social issues, That's specifically right. abortion. Yeah. This was, uh, maybe they nominated him because they don't like to be in the majority. <laughs> I, because we've I feel like the Democrats might have thought that. <laughs> we've established that they 
don't like to be in the majority. We've talked well, about it on this podcast, Republicans. They don't know what to do. And they won't be for long because there no. are a million different things that they are going to hang this guy with. I uh, mean, it's and it's like so many of the things are there's there's the sort of pieces he's going to try to focus on, the foreign policy pieces. He's going to try to make his whole thing about foreign policy to distract us sure. from the numerous crazy things he said about social issues and we're only going to find out more of them as time goes on because he has a podcast and if you were to look for ways to discredit me and brent as we ran for office (laughs) this is where this is exactly where you would look there are 10 years worth of dumb things we have said on the internet and you don't have time right now to listen to all 10 years of it you know if we're talking about what like 400 hours 500 hours of footage and it's hours of stuff you'd have to go through yeah but this guy and his wife who runs a consulting firm that equates homosexuality with bestiality, they're going to have skeletons. Yeah, and there's weird wife stuff. There's so much weird wife stuff. (laughs) Because people asked him why she wasn't there. For his swearing in. Right. Because how exciting. Her husband was being sworn in as Speaker of the House. And he said that she'd been home for two weeks on her knees praying. (laughs) Which... What? Is that a euphemism for something? I don't know. But it's a very bizarre thing to say, even as like, because you were asking me before this podcast, if that's like something that a crazy Christian person like that would say. And I just don't think that it is because I know some of them and some of them exist in my family and they are weird and they say weird things and they say things that you don't want them to say. And that's unfortunate. But I would never expect any of them to be like, oh, my spouse can't be here because they're home praying. (laughs) No. And that's not even (laughs) indicating that they're specifically on their knees, which she did. Right. I know. That's like... Like a, I, she can't come because she's home praying. It is like the Christian version of like, I can't because I have to give my, I have to shampoo my cat. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, or, that's what just... I, it felt, and I was like, listen, I've gone to various things at Brent's various churches and been surprised to hear things. <laughs> Sometimes people in a church context are saying stuff I absolutely don't expect. <laughs> There was the year of the mystery of Christ, uh, where the, the prayer at Christmas, the prayer at Christmas, where down in the OC, right? Yeah, is that and there, that was? they went on about the mystery of Christ. It was a real stem winder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for quite a while. <laughs> and then there was one moment in that where I actually did lose my shit and started giggling and had to be covered with a blanket. It happens. Um, but that's what happens. But so I mean, I've heard some stuff that I don't expect to hear at various yeah. church-related functions, so that I can hear uh-huh. Rensing, and. I assumed when I first heard this that maybe this is one of those things. Like, oh, one of the things you say when someone's like, you know, tired or like, (laughs) you know, know, indisposed in some way. You're like, oh, they're home on their knees praying. But even that, I was like, I've never heard anyone say anything even close to that in like a broader context. It seems like a stretch. Right. That seems like an excuse for like, we're living in separate homes. Yes. Or uh, (laughs) she's with her the third member of our marriage right? or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, and to specify on your knees, something about that really rubbed me the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, In any case, but there's so much weird wife stuff anyway because his wife um, runs like a counseling service that had to remove... It had to take its website down because of all of... (laughs) Because their charter says like 100 crazy things about (laughs) every lifestyle that's not theirs. And they are very clear. They have a covenant marriage. And they're very clear that their worldview is Bible-based. Oh, he yeah. He said that it's repeatedly. Very specifically. If you very, want to know what I think about anything. Look in the Bible. Yeah. What does he do about the fact that the Bible contradicts itself constantly? I worry about people like this. Because it seems it. like that would be Picks a lot. the parts that suits right, him the like best. Right. If, if I read the Bible, would I actually understand his yeah. worldview or would I understand my own worldview? And you also, and this is a thing that um, uh, Christians of his ilk uh, have always it's always been a weird question for me because the thing that makes 
someone Christian is the New Testament. Right. But these guys aren't interested in that. Right. They're, <laughs> they're interested in whatever draconian laws from the are Testament, in the Old Testament. Which is a different religion, in my understanding, of testaments. <laughs> which is limited, to be fair. No, but you're right. Your, I, your, limited, knowledge is, your limited knowledge is correct. So I wonder, I wonder a lot about what he is trying to tell us about his worldview, other than that it might be hateful. Well, it certainly is. I mean, that's what I took from him claiming that it was Bible-based, because people who have what I would contend is a more Bible-based worldview in the realistic sense generally um, don't describe it that way. Yeah. Um, he also has some weird situation where, like, maybe he has a black son that he adopted, but also maybe he made him up, but or maybe he exists, but he didn't actually adopt him. And I think recently he's clarified that, like, he he this son came to him by way of Young Life Ministries, oh. which is, like, this big sort of, like, camp it's ministry. It's like a youth group thing, It's like right? a youth group thing that, like, over the last 20 years has had tons of people charged with either sexual assault or like covering up sexual assault recently there's been like a huge sort of thing i think like in 2021 like eight or ten people like got arrested for such a thing and have been charged for various different things so um but yeah that so that's another weird thing where all of a sudden at some point over the weekend i was just scrolling on twitter and i was like what, what, what's happening right well, now? Also, what am he I, was, what am I he's reading He's using right his now? potentially fake black son to talk about why he doesn't believe in reparations. Yeah, the first that anybody <laughs> ever heard of him was like on some hearing about reparations where he chimed in that his 40-year-old, he's 51, his 40-year-old yeah. black son doesn't believe in reparations. Yeah. What and is because, it with these GOP men adopting older sons? Yeah, I know. Matt, Matt Gates, Gates did that. Yes. It's, and he also wasn't a real son. Like, he didn't actually adopt him, I don't think. Oh, I think you might be right. It turned out, as he was referring to this random son, that he hadn't actually adopted him. And I would contend that that's a likely outcome of this situation as well. Because the year that he claims he adopted him, he claimed that he and his wife had adopted him. Yeah. But they weren't married yet. They weren't married yet. Yeah. The timeline's off. And he was 25 at the time, and the kid was 14. So it was probably some kid, like, who maybe went through young life and didn't have a home or something like that. Right. And like, I'm not saying that, like, you know, it maybe wasn't a kind thing for the family to do. But it's bizarre because also the other reason <clears throat> that people were sort of, like, started asking questions because he talked about this son of his and then took to his campaign website, his YouTube or his uh, Facebook page, his whatever. All and places. it's just sort of like there's – everybody's very white in all of those photos. Yeah. No, this son seems to be uh, a little bit of a – Invisible presence. Right, so it's the... weird regardless. And yes. it seems like he only invokes him when he needs to sort of like shoot down some sort of racial justice issue. Obviously. I that's said, what, the whole point of right, I can't wait son. to hear about his gay son that doesn't believe in gay marriage. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> he's coming. <clears throat> he's 45 right now. But <laughs> they'll be adopting him any day. Right, yeah. Um, so there's all of his, there's his weird kind of lifestyle-y stuff. Uh-huh. But also, let's talk about his positions and job Jobs prior and sure. uh, job currently. Because, okay, he's, first of all, the least experienced speaker in the House in 140 years. I guess they had to go with somebody who was going to be inexperienced because they couldn't find an experienced person who would be willing to take the job. Um, yeah. Or all the experienced people had made too many enemies by that point. Right. <laughs> he went on Hannity this week to kind of, like, introduce America to him. And he claimed during that interview that he was not going to be focused on culture war issues. Well, but as a state legislator, he was known as a social uh, social issues warrior, yeah. in part because his entire, like, career background is just fighting gay marriage laws right. in court. That's what he does. Like, he's literally, he was a litigator for conservative right. causes for the Alliance, um, at, at the Alliance for Defending Freedom. 
for like 20 years or and similar kind of like you know conservative uh legal organizations Mm -hmm. and basically spent all of his time in louisiana like trying to block same-sex marriage and no no he's you know, going to be talking about the budget a lot. No, not one McDonald's franchise to his name. That's right. <laughs> how do we know he understands how a budget works? He's been busy just authoring bills to like restrict abortion access and stop gay people from marrying. Um, yeah. Also, he's anti-fun, obviously. So he's also against legalizing marijuana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sure. didn't need to be said, but yeah. I just thought it. But one thing that I think is interesting is he's also like medium anti-federal disaster aid. Oh. He has this weird quote where he kind of claims that, like, unless the scope of a disaster is so catastrophic that, uh-huh. you know, that the, the, the state absolutely can't handle it, which is a lot of disaster. It's not most e- of, yeah, it's no. most of them. Then the federal government shouldn't get, shouldn't get involved because we can't afford it. <laughs> it's like, that's not what is true, A, and also not how disaster funding works. But I thought that was <clears> interesting <throat> because he's from Louisiana, which it takes its fair share of disaster funding. Yes. And I wonder if he thinks that Louisiana just meets the criteria for catastrophic. Oh, always. Um, always, and that no other state does. Yes. Oh, I'm sure he's voted yes on any time there's been any sort of funding I mean, going to, like, you know, hurricane cleanup or anything right, like that. Right, of going course. To Louisiana. Unless it's, hur- right, unless it's hurricane cleanup going to any other state. Correct. In which case they should handle that themselves. Yeah. But I'm so curious why it would be worth staking out that position as a representative know. from Louisiana. That seems dumb. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and to claim that it's unsustainable for the federal government to intervene in the case of catastrophic disasters, like that's, that's what they're there why for. we have a federal government. <laughs> that's what, right. Like, I guess if you're trying to defund the federal government, you would sure. think it was unsustainable because it requires funding. Yeah. And that, and and that's going to be a big source of our issue with him. Yeah. Because, so obviously he's got to get this budget bill done. Right. He claims he's going to be playing hardball with the White House oh, on this budget. Sure. And it's like, oh. okay, but you only have one chamber and the right. Democrats have two. So like, And they also, the hardball already got played. Right. They've already agreed to the funding levels. Exactly. That was, we've done this so drama like, already. So now like you're you not... want to cut them even further. And yeah. so he didn't endorse any specific plan, but him and Hannity were talking about one Republican plan that would call for an 8% cut in spending, um, which the White House and Senate Jesus. have already said are non-starters. Yeah. And he was sort of like, yeah, maybe, you know, he was kind of like flirting with that. Yeah, even Mitch McConnell, as we've talked about on this podcast, has been out here when they were messing around right. with this the last time when they only passed a stopgap measure. He was like, I don't know what these assholes in the House are doing because we agreed to all of the funding right. levels and we're going to pass them in the Senate at those levels. So like anything else other than at those levels that have already been hammered out are it's not. Too, it's not it. It's not it. And so like I think that he thinks that maybe he can play hardball and somehow pass this off on Biden, but I, it's, just, I don't, it's not going to work. It no, never works for them. It, they all, no. they try this all the time with whether the government's going to stay open. Well, and also an arbitrary them. cut to funding <clears throat> when the whole reason everyone wanted to go back was so they could fund wars is not going to be a good look, and especially given his yeah. plans for the war funding. Sure. So he wants full Ukraine support. Um, and unlike a lot of Republicans, supports full uh-huh. funding for Ukraine. So that's... Interesting, but they have a list of 12 demands because they want to make sure the money's well spent. Oh, sure. It's like Also, these demands came from Matt Gates and company because exactly. otherwise Matt Gates would just call for his head again. I don't think they've changed the rules. He yet, claims they they're going to, to, but they, they haven't, haven't yet. yet. So, I mean, somebody so, could call for his head tomorrow instantly. and they might. And I would like to call for his head right now because – so he wants to fund Israel support, but he wants to cut the budget, budget in exchange for it. He's trying to negotiate um. on – Budget cuts in exchange for Israel funding. I see. So we get less and we send all of the money we are spending to Israel. What a, that's, that's a worse idea, a worse than, idea just than just sending n- the money. Yes. I would rather 
that we just send the money, which I don't even necessarily think right. we should be sending, um, than that we send it and we have to bargain with the Republicans right. to fund a war. In exchange, we have to give for them cuts, cuts to, services. to services for us. Right. <laughs> that's, that's trying to have your cake and eat it too. I was going to say, the whole thing about like f- funding all of this stuff is just sort of like everybody being like, can we just have you know, insert thing that we would like to have here. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and so the idea that we would have to like make the cuts as pay for us. We're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to give them something to fund a war. No. What world are we living in no. right now where they think they can get extractions from the Democrats in exchange for war funding? Yeah. Why do we even have the deficit that they're so worried about in the first place? Yeah. It's because they're penchant for funding fucking wars. I know. And now they're going to tell us we need to cut our own, you know, services that we care about in exchange for funding fucking wars that they helped create in the first place with their dumb war funding? I, I just know. can't even. I will say that it's sort of interesting, though, now that I think about it, because what it's going to force the Democrats to do is to go around screaming about getting a, a clean bill for war funding. Yeah. No, Which I know. This isn't is a, a great look for them, either, although everybody is pretty much in support of both of these wars. Right. Although... It seems like maybe less so for Biden. That seems like that's becoming troublesome for him yeah. amongst some of his key, you know, base, well, youth, people of color, you know. Bibi's um, gone off the rails here. And I think to not yeah. acknowledge that while you're busily going on about our support for Israel, like he's used to the rhetoric of the support for Israel. But like, yeah, like Bibi's not making sense right now. <laughs> no. You know, so <laughs> I, it's it's getting harder to claim that this is just a great ally when they have right. like a madman running Israel right now. Yeah. So um, I feel like I am interested to see how that conversation breaks down. I am, I, I gasped audibly in my own home reading that though. <laughs> I was like, I don't even understand what reality is anymore. I understand yeah. that the Democrats have gotten pretty worry of late right i get that i'm not happy about it i'm it's made me into more of a of an actual pacifist where now when people ask what my position is on literally any issue i'm just like oh i'm like a full pacifist now Uh, like i I think literally every (laughs) war and act of violence is dumb all of them i'm not against i'm I'm against funding all of them i'm against funding anything i'm against i'm against all the violence (laughs) yeah but in any case so i it's i'm wondering if it's sending other people into an interesting political direction themselves but i also I'm so confused about how we're in a situation where Republicans think they can bargain with Democrats to justify war spending. And then the other thing he wants to do is have Congress weigh in on military use, which I would also like, by the way. Well, I would like us to stop doing wars via executive action. This is something but that... how did this become a Republican talking point? I was going to say, this was a Bernie Sanders This is a Bernie talking Sanders talking point. point. I mean, it was a Bernie Sanders and Mike Lee talking point. talking I think, point also. also. I mean, like, I think, I think yeah. he did have... Right? Isn't that what yeah, they were trying to Yeah, I think that was the Lee push? Sanders. Was the, yeah. Um... <clears throat> So, yeah, I mean, I love that idea. Right. But why Why are Republicans getting ownership of that? I know. This is bonkers well, town craziness. The, I, I know. This is all. We've talked about this on the podcast before, too. That's but all I, we're talking I, about now, a, but... No, I know. But, I mean, no, it's worth it's, it's worth saying again because it's been a while anyway. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of like the same point that I was, like, trying to make about Democrats are going to have to go around crowing about a, yeah. you know, clean bill to... <clears throat> To fund all of these things, which is crazy, to find them like they're 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 getting put in these crazy positions that like they could 
easily not be put in if they well, just and think about weren't the, trying to make sure that we spent hundreds of billions of dollars on every war that is going on across Especially Earth. when they're wildly unsuccessful at maintaining the funding levels on the things people actually do care about right. in their voting demographics. But also, this is a terrible look going into a presidential race because Joe Biden right now is the George Bush of this race. Yeah. You know, I, the, the thing that we've been running away from, the reason that Hillary Clinton is not the president and never has been, the reason yeah. Barack Obama became the president, you know, like the things that we have been running away from, including uh, part of why Donald Trump was the president, yes. was people's people being over us at war, being at war. <laughs> I know. People's I know. distaste for the war in Iraq <clears throat> and the, wars in, the war in Afghanistan. Yeah. And even though Afghanistan collapsed fully when we left, I have not heard one person be like, thank God, you know, I, I, I wish we had stayed. I know. It's still my favorite thing you did. Right. Like, <laughs> no, exactly. Like, this, the fact that that did Sorry. not blow up in their faces, in the, in, in the uh, Biden administration's faces, I mean, not the Biden administration. Was that the Trump administration that did no, that? that? was, it was Biden, yeah, right? Okay. Biden, yeah. I was like, am I rem- what am I remembering wrong now? Yeah. But I mean, the fact that that didn't blow up in their faces, even though the country literally collapsed when we left, is I think an indication of how war-weary American voters are For right sure. now. And to put themselves in the position where into a presidential year, the candidate who's likely to be the candidate for the Republicans, barring him being in jail, is right. sort of a an avowed, and not honest, but avowed anti-war candidate. Yeah. You know, I know Donald Trump doesn't, act on what he says, but he has been consistent in anti-war rhetoric this yeah. whole time. I think, and have yeah. Joe Biden be the candidate of war, the George Bush of the race? I know. What? I know. I do think that the the, the one thing that I think people that will keep anti-war people from voting for Trump, not that I well, think I a lot think of them were that doing it. No, but I mean, like, the one thing, and I think this is stupid on his part, actually, because it makes it yeah. so he can't say he's being pacifist. But, like, he's been talking, the one country that he would have died to blow off the map was always Iran. Right. And he's oh, been yes. out talking about doing that totally. again, just because, obviously, they're sort of, you know, involved yeah. in what's going on in the Middle East. So, I know. I hope he um, keeps talking about <clears throat> it. because I know. But it's, like, at the point that there's no contrast, because that's a tough no, contrast for people to, you know, you have a candidate who at least is on record talking about anti-war stuff, even though it's all lies. And then you have a candidate who can't stop, who is literally about to like jump down the well with Bibi Netanyahu in his oh, final yeah. blaze of glory. Yeah, genocide Joe. Yeah, like I, this is not how you win a presidential race, especially when already everyone hates you. When, <laughs> right. when your numbers are as low as his and you're a million years old and you can't walk down the full flight of stairs on Air Force One in case you trip and end up in the hospital. Yeah. Like to have... Also, the one issue that Americans are like pretty consistently unified on, which is just that we don't want to be in another endless war, yeah. be the thing that you own. And he shouldn't own this issue, by the no. way. All these messes are bipartisan messes. I know. But he's going to own it because he's dumb. He's being dumb. And the Republicans are I know. playing this in a way that's very sneaky. Anyway, speaking of violence, obviously you've heard about the shooting in Maine, and obviously we have said that we're not talking about mass shootings anymore on this podcast. However, um... Johnson did get asked about his position on uh, these mass oh, shootings. Oh, I'm sure he did. And he said that um, at people the end of the day... Need, people need Jesus or something? I don't know. What? The problem is the human heart. It's not guns. Oh, yeah. It's not weapons. It's the human heart. Oh, yeah. Now, what is that? He also made some reference where he was saying that people could, you know, it, it's not really the weapons because people could be using cars to mow people down. And it's like, but they're oh, not. Yeah. No, they're not. And also, 
Cars have a second function. One thing that annoys me about this argument, and I've said this a million times on the podcast, is guns are literally just for killing people. There is no other purpose to guns. It's not toasters, where it's like you could kill someone with a toaster by tossing in their bathtub. But you can make toast with a toaster. You bought the toaster for toast. You bought the car to get somewhere. You chop things with knives. Right. Exactly. We don't have like a stabbing epidemic going on, even though you can kill people with knives. But you didn't buy the knife usually for the stabbing. You bought the knife to chop onions, and you happened to have it when you got mad. Like, the gun is only there to shoot people. It doesn't have a second thing that you can do with it. Yeah, that's right. So I'm sick of this reference. I know. Didn't he also, back to him before we get into what we intend to talk about with this mass shooting, since we've, right. told, since we've told you that we weren't going to talk about mass shootings right. on this podcast. But I want to go back to him. What was it that he blamed on um, teaching evolution in the schools? Oh, I think that that was what another. Was I think that, was it, that was, a mass I think shooting? it was mass shootings also, yeah. Yeah. I and there was he, something else, too. What was it? It was teaching well, evolution and yeah, it was, something um, else. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember either. But yeah, I mean, he's blaming, he's blaming, you know, mass shootings and various other things that just happen in society, which shouldn't certainly, right. but like on, you know, insane things like, you know, that we're just not being Christian enough. Yeah. Well, <sighs> he's, you know, obviously incredibly concerned about everyone's sex lives. He's concerned about, For so sure. of course that's causing mass shootings. Uh, obviously. Yes, of course. Um, um, wait, what are we going to talk about now? Oh, well, we can talk about the main shooting for a second, even though we have the doc oh, out of I order. I skipped ahead because we started talking about yes. what he said about mass shootings, but I'm out of order in the podcast. That's fine. We could talk about it now because we pretty much have told you that we hate Mike Johnson. So yeah. that's my theory on this, and I think my mother might have been the first person to uh, clarify this, is that they just needed somebody with the right look like, yeah. Republicans care deeply. You know, I've gone on for a long time on this podcast about Republican hair. And <laughs> yes. I feel like part of the reason that Jim Jordan couldn't be the speaker is that he looks too much like Beavis. And he doesn't mm. have Republican hair. He has yeah. wrestler hair, certainly. But he does not have Republican hair. Mike Johnson looks like he walked out of a Norman Rockwell painting. Yes. And that's all they care about. Yes. That's what Kevin McCarthy for had. Sure. That's Paul Ryan tried to do the Republican hair. He looked yeah. silly. It didn't matter. You know, like, Boehner had its, his own sort of Republican hair flair and then uh-huh. also was drunk all the time. So I was going to say, he had, problem. like, drunk red He had alcoholism. So that, right, yeah. Yeah, that resonated. Fine. But um, <laughs> drunk alcoholism, <laughs> that's all the kinds of alcoholism. Um, yeah. But, like, part of the thing that made them think this guy could be it yeah. is just that he looks... He looks right. ...conservative. Yeah. But in a way that's boring. Yeah. And that is probably why they didn't think especially those in frontline districts, didn't think to ask themselves, what are his positions? Right. Because they were just like, this guy looks well, right. Well, and that's the thing that and I they think that they... should have maybe asked. Right. They should have, they should have sat with this a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and I think that they... I'm wondering if they're having regrets. Uh, yeah. They probably are. I, nobody who won a Biden district is feeling great about this one week into into what's going on here. Absolutely They not. couldn't possibly be. They, and, and I would say... I would assume that... They should have known at least some of this, at least how conservative he was. I mean, it's been in the House that he has said some of these things. I mean, right. it was in a it was in a House hearing where he asked a doctor whether she would allow an abortion after a baby had fully come out of the birth canal. I mean, like we know, we know. Did you see that clip? No. Yeah. So, like, these we kn- we know not understanding basic human anatomy. Yeah. So we know what he has said there. So you would think that some of his colleagues would just like vaguely know what's up, but like. I just feel like besides this being a bad look for them for all of the reasons that we stated, I also feel like now that we've seen where he is in the party in terms of his thoughts on some of these things, yeah. like I would just be pissed because like you really did let 
you let Matt Gates win. Yeah. Fully. Fully. Like, I mean, he had already won on getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. And, like, that's that. Like, that was right. already cooked. Right? right. You can't go back in time. But, like, you've just given him everything. Yeah. No. I mean, and he's excited about this. He said as much. Well, of course he is. This guy's a lunatic. So, like, I don't know why the frontliners wouldn't have just dug in their heels. And that's why we I said don't... at the beginning, because it was, they were literally just tired of doing this. Um, also, I'll, it's because they didn't know who he was. Well. Yeah. Because there are 435 yeah, people in the house. That's true. And a lot of them look like Mike Johnson. Almost all of them do. A lot of fact. jokes about Googling Mike Johnson. Right. I, yeah. Jokes. That meme first came to me from someone who works in the house. No, that's right. Yeah. So, like, we're talking about, like, there were people that people, they know there are members of the house that we don't necessarily recognize as just random members of the public that are recognizable to people in the house. There yeah. are also a lot of members that no one's really ever seen before. They're just rando guys. And yeah. especially when your name is Mike Johnson, there's probably 14 Johnsons in the house. So you probably don't know which one Mike is. There might even be more than one Mike Johnson. I mean, it's like during votes, you don't know which Johnson is yep. the right Johnson. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, he looks like literally everyone. He looks like any guy you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, of course, they, they were just like, okay, this guy is talking reasonably in the moment. <clears throat> and, you know, our leadership wouldn't lead us astray. <laughs> right. And now, good luck to all those New York State Congress people who are oh, I know. gonna have to live with this vote forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, why didn't they make George Santos the speaker? <laughs> I know. Like, entertain <laughs> us at least. I know, I know. I don't understand. <clears throat> In any yeah. case, but let's speak for a second about another member of Congress. Yeah, let's go to Jared Golden. Let's talk about Because then we'll do the election stuff after yeah. that. Yeah. So, mass shooting, as we mentioned, it was in right. Maine, you've was, been hearing about it. Right, it was terrible. Jared Golden is getting a lot of props right now out in the world, because he's their... Con Do they only have one congressperson, or do they have two? They have two. They have two. Okay. He's one of the congresspeople from there. He's a Democrat, supposedly. Right. Uh, he's was one of only five Democrats to vote against an assault weapons ban last year when it came up. Right. Uh, he was also, you know, one of the ones that voted to restart student loans. He was one of... You know, I mean, like, he's he's out there doing the, the conservative Democrat thing. Like, that's sort of his... It's very his, typical Maine sees themselves as independent... Angus King was once the governor. Like, Maine has political, questionable po politicals. Yeah. And I think that, listen, I am happy that he has come around on it. He sure. spent last Everyone week, should. He spent last week apologizing for that vote and for his previous thoughts and statements on everything that he's ever said about guns. And that is what we would want and expect and hope from our politicians when they realize that they have done something wrong. Right. Many of them don't do it. So in that respect, like, Sure. Like, when was the last time you got a seemingly heartfelt apology from a politician about a previous stance that they've taken right. on something? Never, probably. So, fine. But I still deeply hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you why. Yeah. Because in his apology, he basically, he said, um, what did, where is it? Do, 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 do. Oh, he said um, that he had previously had taken the stand on the gun ban um, out of a desire to protect his family. I'm sure he probably has a bunch of guns in the home. Right, this was an assault weapon <clears throat> ban, by the right, way. Not like, a, not like a shotgun yeah. ban. And because of a false confidence that our community was above this. Oh, fuck you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So there's multiple things wrong with this. A, he oh thought, my God. A, he thought his district was just better than everyone's. Right. 
which is a shit thing to say aloud. Yes. Second, it's kind of shady to his district also because like yeah. the the back end of that statement you is personally like failed actually me. you're just the same as all the other shitty districts right. where everybody shoots everybody. Right. And then additionally, and we've talked about this all the time in healthcare. This yeah. is sort of the uh, this is this is the Healthcare gun. Is personal ver- to this me. is the gun version of well now it's personal to me. Yeah. As if the man hasn't been in Congress for the last six or eight years. Right. Seeing thousands and thousands of people get shoot by gun right, like by automatic rifles being mowed every down. year, and that he thought to himself, well I'm gonna vote no on that because my district is fucking crushing it. Right. No, sir. Also, every this, not having empathy is what Republicans are supposed to be yes. doing. And every district is crushing it. Until it's not. That's right. Like with any, you don't have cancer until you do. Yeah. Like you don't, like bad things haven't happened until they've happened. Yep. And he could (laughs) easily see that other districts that were similar to his district. All across the country. All across the country were suffering from spontaneous bad problems with guns after having had no problem for generations. That's right. And could not extrapolate from that, that to best protect my family and my district and my constituents... Maybe it would be better if all the the one crazy person in town couldn't have access to a fucking automatic rifle to shoot up a mall. Like, yeah. I mean, I just this I'm lack- sick of this logic broadly. I'm sick of it when it comes from Democrats. We hear it all the time from Democrats too. Yeah. But it, it is it is Republican logic. It is the yeah. logic of my gay son is why I suddenly changed my mind on gay marriage. Right. It's why totally. some. It's why Dick Cheney is weirdly in favor of gay marriage. It's, right. You know, like it, that the, the the sort of lack of empathy until it's quote unquote personal to you is like a longstanding tradition in Republican politics. I know. But we hear it more and more in Democratic politics all the time, especially conservative Democratic politics, because that's. That's the Michael Bennett line about how, you know, healthcare is personal to him because he uh, had yeah. cancer. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. healthcare d- doesn't require you to have cancer to be personal to you because everyone has health right. or not. <laughs> right, right. Everyone has health problems. Like, yeah, unless, unless you've um, died due to lack of health insurance. Exactly. Right. And then it is also personal <laughs> to you, but you're just dead. You're right. <laughs> like, right. Like, but I mean, like, this logic extending itself to gun violence, even in democratic circles. I know. And for him to not be able to be like, maybe my district isn't actually the most important thing here. Yeah. Because we're talking about a national ban that would protect people nationally, including in places where they're not fucking crushing it. And I can't do anything but that, but help in this way. Like, yeah. Like you have no obligation to America at large until <laughs> there's a mass shooting in your district. Fuck there's off. There's a um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered last week. You don't know where I'm going with this. No. Uh, and there is a disturbing and hilarious scene where Erica Jane, who is sort of like a known uh, crazy person and shitster, has sort of like this revelation where maybe she's been mean to someone and we're in her therapy session and she has to have empathy explained to her. I, Brent, you're going to lose your mind. you seen this? I saw it. You saw it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's been all over. You saw it on TikTok is where you saw it. No, I did not see it on TikTok. Oh, you didn't? I watched the full episode. You watched it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing. That's. I, I feel was like, like, who are these people and I what's need, going on? And then I was like, is this lady having empathy explained to her right now by a yeah, therapist? Yeah, she is. She was like, how do I do that? And the therapist was like, you have to think about what the other people are going through and how they would feel. And she's very earnestly nodding in this. Yes. Like, it's the absolute 50-some-year-old woman. The yes. first time she's ever heard of this. Yeah, uh, and she literally does have to ask how she can practice, like, ex- how she can um, act on empathy. Like, yeah. how she like can her find homework empathy. Like, her homework was to, her, her therapy homework was to go be empathetic. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's Jared Golden. Mm-hmm. Jared Golden is right. the Erica Jane of Congress. Someone had to say to him, you know, yeah. maybe your position on this issue required mm-hmm. you to look outside yourself. Yeah. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> but of course, like it with Jared Golden, 
Erica Jane is only worried because all of her actions have come back to bite her in the ass. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> right, the chickens came home to roost. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, sim- un- unlike people with empathy, just regular people, oh, it took it being personal to her for her to even wonder what empathy was. And that's where we are with Jared Golden. Yeah. But I wonder if right now would be a good time to ask all members of Congress to wonder if they should find out what empathy is. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, let this be a time where you think to yourself, do I understand empathy? Should right. I contact a therapist employed by Bravo to tell me how to practice empathy? Yeah. Because it feels like... Uh, Instead of waiting until the moment actually does become personal to you, you could let this be personal to you mm-hmm. as a person with a heart. But of That's course, right. if you don't have empathy, you don't have that, so you can't. I know. It's an endless cycle, isn't it? It's, an, it's, an, it's a frustrating <laughs> dynamic yeah. that we're caught in. Oh, um, boy. But also, I would like him not to just be a guy who has a change of heart on this issue, but I would like him to con- contact Chris Murphy instantly to be oh, yeah, like, what something. are we going to do? Yeah, we, yeah. Not just like, oh, I've changed my position, so now only four people are standing between us. And, you know, <laughs> right, like, no. I want him to call someone and be like, how can I convince the rest of them? Yeah. What do we need to do? How can yeah. I, how can I help? Right. Yeah. And he won't do that, I'm sure. So, no. never mind. Um, let's talk about the presidential race. <sighs> We're down a man. We Goodbye. called it. Goodbye to Mike Pence. Yep. We the knew. The waxen. We told you. Ashen figure. <laughs> the man. Yeah. Who couldn't feel a fly on his hair. Oh, Poor Mike Pence. I know. That was gross. Oh, God. He made the announcement at the Republican Jewish Coalition's annual conference in Las Vegas. Oh, everybody was there. Everyone was there. Well, it's a a big year to pretend like you're not anti-Semitic. Yep. (laughs) Um, And the reason that he uh, had to leave is a reason that we might have primed you for, which is they just couldn't find the donors. Yep. The man had the poll numbers. Can't find it. Sort of. The poll numbers the poll to get numbers, into the debate, not yeah, the poll not, numbers no, no. to make any dent into the presidential campaign in which he was but I mean, a participant. Of the things that I feel like are the sadder things to have or not have in this situation, I feel like a man who was once the vice president not being able to find the donors. I know. What an indictment of his political skills. I know. I mean, that's embarrassing. That's obviously, if he was getting 4% in national polls, obviously people were saying that they were... Voting for him, but hadn't sent him a check. That's right. And it just feels like... Tepid support, I think, probably. Like, listen, if you aren't catching on in a field that's... This is not a competitive field, but it's a complicated field. If you're not catching on in a complicated field, like, you know, what can you do? But if you were once the vice president, you were put on a ticket because of your fundraising prowess. There's no other reason to put Mike Pence on your ticket. Yeah, he was. And... 100%, because he was going to... He was going to get all of the... Nutty evangelicals yeah. to get on board. That's right, and he did. And he did, but what a what a sad end. Yeah, he just sheep herded them into the Trump movement. But right, <laughs> um, and now and now they barely exist anymore. <laughs> his Republican Party no longer exists, and they barely exist. Right, and they're in a they're in a cult of a non Christian. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess <clears throat> one of the dangers of that whole dynamic was ushering the cultiest part of Christianity into a different cult. Into a new cult. Yeah. Right. He should have... They were prone the, to the, cult the, the behavior. Pro- I was going to say, but the problem is, is that he doesn't think of Christianity in that way. Yeah. And probably still to this day doesn't think of Trumpism in that way. That's so true. he's not the right person to understand what has happened. Well, I don't broadly think of Christianity that way, but I feel like he was not outside 
Uh, like the problem is that he was inside of the cultiest part of a culty thing that is yes. like, it was like a it was he was in a sort of Russian doll of cultiness, you know? <laughs> and so it was like you he yeah. kind of took the people that were most vulnerable yeah. within the Christian movement. Yes, right. Which is already a place where you might find the kind of people that might become evangelical Christians. Yep. And they have to start somewhere. <laughs> and like took them to a, it, I mean, he almost, I mean, it sort of did a disservice to God, I would say, because he yeah. took them away from God. We should, somebody should tell him. <laughs> somebody should let him know that He'll a good Christian. He'll have to be on his knees praying for God knows how God long. God knows how long. And he won't be able to make it to any parties as a result. But it just feels like this poor guy, in an effort to really evangelize, managed to lead his followers into <laughs> a strongman cult that has nothing to do with Christianity. Oh, boy. And it's a little embarrassing for him. Poor guy. I'm just like embarrassed for him. I, like I, I don't. I don't well, feel. Well, I mean, this is this embarrassing. This is very embarrassing. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like we don't do enough as a culture to embarrass Republican men when this kind of thing happens. <laughs> like we're gonna see a lot of coverage of this that makes it seem like he was a reasonable contender and a oh, reason. Yeah. And like, I wish the coverage would be like, in huge embarrassment. The fall from grace from fall man from, who could have been president. Right. So, no. No. We're not doing that. Like no. An embarrassing end to a mediocre career. <laughs> right. A man whose Christianity led his followers into a strongman cult. Yeah. Like some something that just like really speaks to the heart of the matter, which is that he's failed. That he's a failure. <laughs> he's a failure. That he's a loser. Yeah. You know, that's right. in the words of Donald Trump. Yeah. Um Donald Trump will call him a loser, so that's good. Yeah, for sure. That's at least we have that. We've got a Biden primary challenger. That's right. We hinted at it. It's actually it's off happening. to the races. They're and on a bus tour right now. Dean Phillips. Along with his good friend Steve Schmidt, mm. Republican mm-hmm. advisor to yeah. his Democratic campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, he announced on Friday during a CBS News interview. He claimed he's jumping in because he doesn't think Biden can win. But then he was asked if there were areas where he disagrees with Biden. And he said the border, which I was like. That feels like a Fox News talking point, but okay. I was going to say. Because, like, what is like, his what position is, on the border? That's what I was going to say. Does he want to deport less people? Right. Like, <laughs> I'm in favor of that. I, But he just said the circumstances. Does he want to, does he want to not build the wall? He doesn't think Biden's Republicans the wall? have done the job at the border. What is the job? What does he think the job is? I know I what the know. job is, according to me. But, like, what does he think the job is? Yeah. Is the job mean or nice? <laughs> I, I know. What kind yeah. of job is he talking about? Yeah. Um, he also <clears throat> said that the political system is broken and corrupt and in need of someone who does not come from 50 years of spending time in Washington. Mm. And I have a comment about this yeah, as well, okay. which is like, look, I get it. Like, Washington is a mess. And sure. it's, it's a talking lazy, point that will probably work to-, to a degree right. right now. And it works with everyone of every party because no one likes what's goes on, going on in Washington. It also annoys me because a lot of the dysfunction in Washington right now is directly related to having inexperienced leadership. <laughs> like, part of where Obama struggled was that yeah. he wasn't that experienced with Washington politics. Sure. Trump threw a wrench into every plan because he had no fucking clue what was going on. Yeah. Like, the, I think there's certainly the piece of it that's like evil people who are misusing the system to their own advantage. Right. But a lot of the impetus for that has come from people that aren't that experienced in Washington politics. Right. It's come from like the kind of Josh Hawley contingent, the Matt Gates contingent. Those people are not Washington insiders, by the way. I mean, they are now. Yeah, right. But they came in with a plan to disrupt. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. not sort of dedicated to the functioning of government as it has been. Right. And so I feel like this talking point is starting to annoy me. Because though I understand using it against Joe Biden, who is the ultimate Washington insider, yeah. I also feel 
like devaluing experience, Washington experience has led us in the craziest of directions in the last 20 years. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, I, I feel like a, a good example of Washington experience tempering someone who I don't trust, didn't trust as a political figure then, wouldn't trust now, although he's dead, and also don't agree with the politics of, is John McCain's vote to save Obamacare. Oh, yeah. Where, like, he was a man who, because he was a Washington insider, was up to shenanigans up, you know, until the last second when he realized that he couldn't actually upend the system in that way. Like, you need someone who's willing to stop somewhere. Yeah, right. And, yes. like, this talking point being used by Democrats in a time where we're trying to restore faith in government does annoy me because I don't think that's why Joe Biden is the broke is broken here. You know, yeah. I don't think that's why the Biden administration is broken. I think that, that it is broken. Yeah. But it's not because of his experience. Right. I, and, and I also feel like, you know, this idea that, like, he, you know... It's crazy because it seems like the only reason that he's even claiming that he's entering this race is because he doesn't think that Biden could win. And I feel like, first off, that's not a campaign. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and also... Like, what are you promising? Right, what are you promising? Who are you? And also, I feel like he's saying that as if he's, like, the only one on Earth that has, like, discovered that that is the case. Right. It's like everyone knows. It's just sort of like, like he's like, well, I'm out here. I'm the, the Pied Piper to out here to tell everybody that Biden is going to lose. And I'm like, yeah, we know. Everyone knows. <laughs> but also, this like, is... So, pollsters aren't running for president right, right. now. They know. <laughs> they know. This is the ultimate Lincoln Project project. For sure. Steve Schmidt running Dean Phillips for president. That's some Lincoln Project bullshit. Yeah. And... Listen, I think everyone should run against Joe Biden. So I'm not here to say. For sure. I'm happy he jumped in. I'm happy anyone's jumping in. I mean, if it. And if it starts a thing. Right. Then he did his thing. That's what I was going to say. That supposedly has always. Been the goal. Been the goal is to just sort of like get more people out there. He's an elected official. Like maybe some other people will jump into the race. Right. I have been hoping this week due to, you know, what's going on in the Middle East that maybe he would actually get like a left challenger from within the party. But per our previous notes on the podcast there's barely anybody that even disagrees with him within the party either though so it's outrageous <laughs> what's going on i don't know out there uh outrageous but it would be nice it would be nice yeah yeah and like i'm happy to have literally like president any Corey bush sure sure i would be thrilled to have president <laughs> cory bush i would be thrilled to just have a cory bush-esque figure in the conversation uh, pulling Biden to the left yeah. as he runs a failing presidential campaign. Right. I think that would help him. I don't think that having someone pulling him to the right without someone pulling him to the left is <laughs> no. brilliant planning. No. But um, but I'm, you know, remain hopeful. Yeah. I just feel like this is not the debate. The debate between are we actually Republicans or are we only sort of Republicans <laughs> that I was hoping to have I, I in the primary. I know. And I just don't feel I like know. Marianne Williamson is bringing the uh, gravitas that you know, would, that, that allows us to pull some of these talking points to the left. I, I think sure. she almost wants to have those left talking points. She's certainly trying. <laughs> yeah. It's hard when you <clears throat> yourself used to lead a cult to... That's true. You know, I mean, she's yeah. really hoping... For, she's hoping her she cult charisma does. will translate. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of like a weird fit for this situation, you know? Yeah. Agreed. I mean, the Democratic Party is acting pretty culty in their own way right now, so maybe. One... Hundo. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Iowa polls. Yes. The new Des Moines Register, the gold standard That's right. poll. Is that uh, Ann Seltzer or whatever her name is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Unless it's the week before the 2020 Democratic caucus. Right. In which case in which they know nothing. It's not the gold standard. They know nothing. And right. it's probably just because it was going to show that Bernie Sanders was way ahead. Right. We digress. 
Once again. <laughs> uh, it's out. That's the right. new poll. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people sort of like immediately were like, oh, well, Trump's still way ahead, which is the case in every polling. Yeah. And he's actually, and I think a lot of people were sort of lead. like, a lot of head, well, that's the thing though. I think a lot of the headlines were like, Trump uh, expands his lead because he did a little bit actually, because DeSantis has gone way down here. Yeah. But what's, I think what's interesting about it is Nikki Haley now yeah. tied at second, in second place, and there's a few reasons, and there's some other sort of like hidden numbers in this poll that I think make it like potentially interesting. Yeah. First off, he's all, Trump's only at forty three percent in Iowa, which is way lower than he is nationally, yes. and that's the and it's the same actually in a lot of the early yeah. states. Certainly, well, in those New are Hampshire states that well. are getting actual campaigning directed at them. I well, think part sure. of the thing is that if yeah. you're a national Republican, who's if you're a Republican living in New York State, yeah. you haven't seen one you know, commercial for any of these people. You don't know anything about who's right. running. So you're yeah. like, yeah, I'll vote for Donald Trump again. Yeah. He's my guy. If you're in Iowa, you're here. You're seeing Tim Scott commercials. A man totally. who I can't even remember is running for president. That's right. But, you know, you're you're probably <laughs> seeing Doug Burgum commercials. A man who only is memorable for his crazy eyebrows. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, Trump at 43 and then DeSantis and Haley both at 16%. That's like a 10-point jump for Haley and yeah. like I think a four or five-point, which I didn't yeah, I think write he was down. Yeah, at 12 like, less time yeah, that we um, talked about this. Uh, so that's interesting. Then you have Scott at seven, Ramaswamy at four, Christie at four, Bergam at three, Pence at two. This was done before Pence dropped out. The polling was taken. So I don't know. It's interesting because that's only 27%, which is a lot, certainly. But like That's a closable gap, though. It's a closable gap. DeSantis and Haley have way more people saying that they are their second pick, because that's another yeah. thing that they pull in this poll. And that's just because Trump has been in the like 43 to 46 margin there. And that's about how many people in the poll, interestingly, say that they are set on who they've picked. Right. There's 54% of people say that they would still change their mind. Which is why yeah. I think the Nikki Haley big jump is interesting, because I think that like... It also makes it difficult for DeSantis because part of the story that DeSantis has been telling, and he does does it in his stump speech, that at some point it's going to be that it's going to come down to him and Trump. Yeah. Because forever it looked like that was probably the case, yeah. and her being tied with him and ahead of him in New Hampshire, actually in the right. latest polls, that sort of shoots that whole story down. I think that if one of them, probably, she seems more, you know, better suited to be doing it right now, can convince a large swath of these people who claim that they could still be convinced to, you know, move toward her. We've talked potentially about Tim Scott having to drop out. I think Tim Scott seems like a more likely place, or Nikki Haley seems yeah. like a more likely place for Tim Scott I think Scott if you're voting for Tim Scott, to. it's because you're not South voting Carol for Trump. Right, and it's because, and, and then yeah, also they're, they're both South from South Carolina. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like if Scott drops out, a good amount of those go to her. DeSantis keeps plummeting. Who knows what happens with Trump court cases? I'm not saying that she's going to win Iowa. Because I don't think that she can. No. But if she can get out of there in a way where she's, like I said, she's already in second place in, in New Hampshire. South Carolina is in there where she's from. She's in second place there, too. I, like, I think there's, she at least has a narrative that she can try to sell to people. I don't know yeah. how far it gets her. But, like, basically the reason we're talking about this poll, at least in my estimation, is because I think that, like, she may be, there's a, a vague path there. And her. also, there's a vague potential to build momentum, which the rest of these people don't really have. Right. Everybody else is cratering. I mean, yeah. DeSantis is, is cratering. And, and uh, obviously, somebody could surge at the right moment to of course, disrupt so the story away. because that's yeah. what always happens. But I feel like also the Trump support is going to get more complicated the more the court cases become right. the narrative with him. There's so much to go on there. Yeah. I think that 
you know, part of DeSantis's issue is that he is too Trumpian. And so if you are somebody who's going to support DeSantis, you might as well right. vote for Donald right. Trump. Why do you need to vote for Ron DeSantis? Like, I was going to say, and I'm sure the re- I'm sure part of the reason why DeSantis has the most second place votes is because they're Trumps. Of course. He's the next Trump in the race. The next Trump. Nikki Haley is not a person whose politics I admire, but she certainly represents an older model of the Republicanism that's a little bit less loony. Yeah, I think she's probably getting a lot of second place votes from literally everyone, everyone else. else in the yeah. race. Yeah. yeah. Although I, for the life of me, cannot figure out the psychological profile of someone who's voting for Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> I know. Like, and I felt that way about, um, you know, Pete, Mayor yeah. Pete Buttigieg. Um, I so like I get that I this is like an area that I'm not an expert in, which is like annoying young men douchebags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like imagine you are a Republican and you are charged with voting in a poll right now, mm-hmm. and you have been asked for your preference, <laughs> and you have seen all of these people on television. Yeah, and you think to yourself, I really like that young fellow <laughs> who was you know talking all that who's lecturing everyone else on the stage with the yeah. craziest talking points. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, can't... I know. I don't know who it is either. I really don't know. Who is this person? I don't know. Because the fake intellectualism, I sort of understand who that is on the in the Democratic scene. Like, sure. the appeal of that pseudo-intellectual... Yeah, for sure. ...condescension. I yeah. get that there are people that are kind of alarmed, like, afraid of that and intimidated by it, and I think that some of those people can't see through it. Yeah. But on the right, I just feel like that he he has that kind of pretension. I know. He sounds like he's from Harvard. I know. They don't. They all went to Harvard, I but was, they don't. They, the they go out of their way to not sound to like not it. To not sound like it, right? Yeah. Like I just don't get it. Yeah. But I, you know, there's things I don't get. I know. It's, um. Yeah. He sounds like a guy who has maybe read a book, and they don't want to. They don't. They don't want no, that pushed on them. Especially if you don't understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Because it's actual lunacy if you do. But like completely. The to- he's the tone. Of an Ivy Leaguer. Yeah. And that's something that most Republicans have worked very hard to diminish in their presentation. Yeah. They all went to Ivy League schools. It's not, they're all the same people, but you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. so in any case, that's it. I digress again. That's all I'm doing is digressing. That's fine. But um, the point is, maybe there's a path for uh, Haley and also just a path to like build a story about momentum. Yes. Which I think benefits her given that Iowa ultimately doesn't have that many electors. So like there's not, it's like, it's, that's a story state. That's not a state where you like care about winning the primary necessarily or the caucus. That's a state where you care about the narrative that you have coming out of it. Yeah. When you get to some bigger states, maybe that starts to benefit her. Well, and I'm curious, I feel like what I have read about her campaign is that they have spent more time in New Hampshire and in, uh, South Carolina, which makes yeah. sense. I'm wondering if maybe she could also just move that number a little bit by being there. More. Yeah. And I'm not saying that she hasn't been there, but like I do feel like it's been less her focus because like well, maybe- Trump has been far ahead. DeSantis has spent all the world's money on Iowa because I think he knows yeah. that like it gets dark after that yeah. for him potentially. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't want her to get the nomination because she'll certainly no. become the president. Of course. But. It's, um, but- Speaking about it in sports, the sport of it. <laughs> the sport, right. Yeah. Well, I also wonder if maybe she's focusing on actual primary states instead of caucus states because oh, she maybe. sees a, a little bit more of a, an advantage there. Because I think the problem with the caucus states is the second vote round is a little unpredictable, yeah. figuring out yeah. how to kind of That's hard. You know, expend your energy there <clears throat> is you yeah. know, kind of challenging. And it's yeah. going to be an interesting caucus here because there's 
I know. I mean, there's no Democrats in part because we have an incumbent candidate so far, but also there's no Democrats because the Democratic caucus is dead. <laughs> right. Yes. So. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, so keep your eye on Nikki Haley yep. is the moral of that story. Um, and then some interesting court cases have started to wind their way through the courts this week yeah. related to Trump that are not the ones that you're thinking of. Right, where he's having um, temper tantrums and then storming out of the courtroom like right. he did last week. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. These are court cases that are designed to keep him off the ballot in certain states using the 14th Amendment um, as the impetus because it uh, require it, it um, says that someone who like basically created like ins- insurrected, not insurrected against yeah, the government, engaged in insurrection against the government. <laughs> the word yeah, I'm looking, I was looking for the word Fine. engaged. <laughs> uh, engaged in insurrection against the government uh, is barred from holding higher office. It was a, it's a post-Civil War thing or it's, you know, designed. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Um, it's, it was designed to... Uh, bar people who were fought for the Confederacy against serving in office. And then also there was sort of a blanket pardon at a certain point for that. So then it hasn't really been in use of late. Well, nobody's insurrected. Yeah, it's only recently that we've had any insurrections, (laughs) I guess. So um, there's that. It it has been used a couple of times uh, just in blatant political attacks on people. There was uh, somebody, they tried to refuse to seat a socialist member of the House uh, because he opposed the entry entry to World War One, so yeah. that was one other time sure. that it was used. And then um, it was used last year uh, to bar the head of Cowboys for Trump from a county commission seat in rural New Mexico. <laughs> but then he lost his primary, so it didn't matter. Oh, there you go. Um, so there's been a couple uses like that, but there, there, it really, it's not something that Supreme Court's ever ruled on. It's not something that anyone has ever used at this level. Yeah. And there are two cases: one going forward in Colorado, and one going forward in Minnesota that start this week. That yep. will hear this. Obviously, it'll get bumped up to the Supreme Court if they do rule that he's yeah. unfit, uh, to, is not allowed to be on the ballot. But um, it would be the first time that the Supreme Court has had to rule on this, and it should at least create uh, an interesting opportunity for a few more January sixth related people to testify. Oh yeah, get some for more sure. testimony out there into the world. Um, and there are actually a bunch of these cases working their way through courts, but these are the two that seemed like they were in states where it would be the most expedient. And right, I think the they simplest. picked these two. And also, I think these are the two that are, like, the most well-funded and have yes. good lawyers. And the, exactly. I think it's the same group that has filed yeah. both of them, I want to say. Yeah, I um, think Which so. is, a, you know, a liberal group, obviously. Right. <laughs> Clearly. Um, um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. Well, I feel like, on the one hand... This is just like another sort of like this is not the main court story of Donald Trump. No, it's not. I feel like on the other, I am sort of like, are there no consequences to insurrecting? Yeah, I mean, look, that's sort of like where I feel like I'm of two minds of it, because I'm like, look, if there's like, I don't think somebody who engaged in insurrection should be the president. And if there is an actual law that says that you shouldn't be, then like maybe we should put it to the courts to see what happens. But I also just feel like this is another thing that sort of like fits into, you know, the narrative that I have been raging about for a while in that like, you know, the Democratic Party isn't always the most Democratic Exactly. You know, we like to talk about, you know, elections, throwing people off of voter rolls or Republicans doing that. And they're doing all those things. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we do different things (laughs) You know, that get less play that are sometimes more nefarious. Yeah. Um, And 
I'm not necessarily saying this falls into him because this seems actually like, well, hey, there's a law that an insurrectionist can't be the president and he's an insurrectionist. I certainly agree with that. So it's not even that I'm disagreeing with it, but it's just sort of like, what if we just like weren't trying to throw people off of ballots? Right. Because we're doing it all over the place. It's not just Donald Trump. No, it's, it's part the of no a labels party. It's the we're trying to not have the Green Party on ballots. We're not trying. We're trying to make sure that independents don't have ballot access. We're trying to make sure everybody doesn't have ballot access. We're trying to make sure that people yeah. can't have uh, um, ranked choice voting. We're trying to totally. like the, the, well, that's the Democrats doing that yeah. stuff. So like I'm just kind of like right, what this if legal we strategy? Sh- what if like- we just like had a strategy that involved beating him? <laughs> Brent, we don't have that strategy, obviously. That would require us to have a platform and principles and a bunch of things that nobody wants to get involved in. I know. See, that's where I just, I feel like we get sort of like down some of these rabbit holes. And it's just sort of like, if we just were good at winning elections, then like Donald Trump could be on the ballot in Colorado and nobody would have to be concerned about. It should be so easy to be good at winning elections. It's like we literally have better ideas than Donald Trump. Right. We lived four years through Donald Trump. Right. Like, it's, the arguments make themselves. But. So, I don't know. I anyway. feel like, the thing that I. Would I be happy if he wasn't on the ballot in Colorado? Course. Sure. Right. I'm happy to have him never on a ballot anywhere. Anywhere. 100%. Like, I feel like one area where we're struggling, at least in terms of the kind of messaging that gets to the right, to right-wing voters, is yeah. that we often seem like we're engaging in the same kinds of nefarious things as, the, as Republicans are. And in a lot of local races and other ways we are i feel like i'm frustrated that there's no recourse for a man to like literally incite a coup and then like 100%. like i don't understand how it is that we seem like yeah. if, uh, upon viewing of the news that we're up to like the same bullshit because we're strategizing right. in the same way as republicans uh, and it's like yeah <clears throat> but like this is actually different and like how do we make the case and maybe maybe part he of making should, the case is have- all the consequences. Right. So if this is one of them, then But part good. of making the case maybe is not doing what you're talking about, not trying to block ballot access for third parties. Not like maybe part of it is making our sort of like entanglements with the legal system and the you know, the electoral law right. count. Right. Instead of just being like a bunch of shenanigans. Yeah, I know. So like I'm not suggesting that though that what you're talking about is not valid concerns, but I do feel like, you know, when I see things like this, I also know how it's going to be spun on Fox News. I know how 100%. it's going to be spun by conservative, you know, talk uh politicians. Yeah. And and I'm frustrated because it seems like just one of the annoying things parties do. And like in his case, he should not right. be he the president be. Oh, right. because he tried to overthrow the US government. No, I agree. Yeah. And it's like, what do we do? Right. I think that's now that we've talked through it. I agree with you 100%. I think it's more the other things that yeah. annoy me. And this well, just sort of like feels like one of those things. Because and I'm just it kind feels of like, like one of those things. What if we just like weren't doing this? Right. But in terms of Trump not being on those ballots, I mean, like. I just this... feel like any opportunity to remind people that he tried to overthrow the government right, exactly. is like a good idea. Right. That's not, the, that's not who we're of. looking for with our presidents. Right. <laughs> just like if you can't win the election, then you can't be in charge of the government. Yeah. You don't get to overthrow the government. Right. right. But I do feel like I wish that we had more effective ways of messaging these kinds yeah, of cases. Yeah, I agree. Because right. this does seem like liberal nonsense in the headline version of it. Oh, it does. And Trump is calling them election interference. And I feel like that might... Uh, it might track. 
Yeah. No, I know. Well, and but they're all like one. My favorite thing about this is they're trying to argue that it wasn't a meant. It wasn't meant to apply to the office of president because it's not mentioned in the text. The text mentions senator or representative representative in Congress and elector of president and vice president. Oh, it only mentions electors, oh, which is like a big LOL to the Constitution for well, that. <laughs> all those um, Constitution, uh, what are they called? Um, the ones who believe only in the words that are actually in the Constitution. Right, exactly. Uh, um, um, yeah, I, they'll 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 latch a hold of it. I mean, the the this Supreme Court is not. No, the same. this has no he's, legs. As I was going to say he's going to he's going to be on all the ballots. Yes, yeah. So don't um, worry about that. I'm more excited about this as a, an opportunity for additional theater. Yes, I completely like. Agree. I want to hear the witnesses. They haven't released who the witnesses are going to be. I hope that they know that they have a high caliber to reach if they're going to overshadow the coverage of the Georgia case. <laughs> you know, like we're yeah. going to need some real yeah. fireworks. I hope they came to play. I mean, I. That maybe maybe <sighs> that's in part why they went with the states they went with is because maybe those states came to play. I hope yeah. I hope everyone understands in every one of these court cases that more important than the actual legal strategy is the theatrical strategy. Yes. How like pl- how are you going to plan your the theatrical release of the yeah, information? I, agree. I don't okay, care and, about what they say. And in you're absolutely right. I, the the more that it just seems like he's in court for something. Yes. Is great. <laughs> yes. The more that it seems like he's in court, the more that the court is requiring us to report on devious things that he did that we already knew about but we forgot about, the more <laughs> that he seems fallible, you know, the more yeah, that yeah, his yeah. compatriots turn on him, yeah. the more that, like, the Sidney Powells of his life, tur- you know, plead guilty and turn on him. Like, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a slow trickle of news that um kind of pierces the feeling of impermeability that he that his world has right now because it seems like he never pays consequences for any of these things. Yes. We have to make it look like he could pay. <clears throat> he doesn't have to pay the consequences. I don't actually care what happens to him. I've said that many times. I don't care if he goes to jail. I don't care if he jumps into the sea. I don't care if he lives a happy life at the top of Trump Tower. Like honestly couldn't care yeah. less about what happens to him personally. Right, just don't be the president. I don't want him to be the president <laughs> and I want us to create the sense that this behavior was not okay and we can't accept it in the future. Yeah, right. Yeah. I only care about what this means for the future. What I happens agree. to Donald Trump, I couldn't care less yes. about. Yes. Um, and I feel like maybe people get a little bit too uh, involved in vindictive thinking around these things. I hear Democrats talk about this a lot, where I'm like, you guys, we don't need him to go to jail. That's not the outcome we need. We need the outcome where he's never the president and no one like him is ever the president again. I know. We need the messaging outcome that we care about. What happens to Donald Trump? You don't know Donald Trump. Who fucking cares what happens to Donald Trump? I know. If he's personally happy, he's miserable, by the way. I know. Because he's a narcissist. Yeah. So he lives a life of misery. He's already in jail. Don't worry about him. But like, I just like, I feel like maybe that's why people have issues with uh, abolition movements too, is that Uh they are very focused on like, people who did crime suffering as opposed to like how can we not have crimes (laughs) sure and i feel like sometimes we're not focusing enough on that in terms of the trump cases where it's like i just want to not have crimes i don't care about who suffers yeah in any case speaking of donald trump suffering though it appears that he was wearing his pants backwards (laughs) at a recent event Shit. and i just want you to know that if you have nothing else you have the ability to wear your pants forward. And that's something that Donald Trump, a man who claims to have all the money in the world and all of the supporters in the world and right. all of the love in the world, uh, does not have. So, right. I contend it's just because he had his arms on backwards that day. I mean, that I thought was a good observation. Or his head on backwards. Something yeah. was on backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, it seemed, it seemed like he had been rotated, yeah. not, you know, 180 degrees like a toy 
<laughs> yes, you know, like a, right. like a G.I. Joe or something. Yeah, uh-huh. Not a G.I. Joe, something sillier. Yeah. But Do you think that he is wearing a style of dress pants, I'm using air quotes mm-hmm. over here, that are like those dress pants, but they're basically like sweatpant material? I feel like... Do you think that's what those are? Yeah, like and he so they got them at like the home shopping network. In there? Yeah. So it's yeah. like they're just like pull-on pants? Do you think that he's been having zipper-related issues? Maybe. I mean, if I wouldn't put that past him. No. And I would not also put past him getting so enraged by the thought of zippers after that, that they had to find special zipperless pants for him. Yep. That seems like exactly, exactly what he would that's do. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Let's roll with it. So we solved it. Put it out. <laughs> AP. <laughs> Donald Trump in zipper-fueled rage. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Forced uh, to acquire zipper-free. Yeah. It's... That guy. That between that and Ron DeSantis's heels, I <laughs> I know. Wouldn't it be better? Have you seen the to video? Be three well, I said one thing, which was yes. you know a parody thing. But like, have you seen that video of him walking across the I stage? I sure have today. I saw Obviously. it all day. I yeah, saw, you it saw it constantly. All day, right? Of his shoes sort of <laughs> With like shoes flopping in a, in a weird way because and his the, knees are oh, in a weird like I recognize yeah. where his knees are because I myself have worn heels. Right. Well, the front <laughs> of the the shoes are flopping because his feet are only in half the shoe. In half the shoe because they're basically like going like fully horizontally, horizontally like shoe. he's on point essentially. Yeah. Yeah, he's because he's on, on a six-inch lift. And that's why his knee is so high as well. Because <laughs> the, the the silhouette of heels I know. really screws with your eyes if you don't have visible heels on the shoe. I know. Because it makes it look like your knees are in the wrong place. Yeah, You have to really, at a certain point, weigh... Looking short versus looking silly. That's it. <laughs> that's the exact thing It's you have better to, to be five inches shorter than to look that silly. Because it's also embarrassing because everybody knows that's what you're doing also. Yes. So it's like, now you're just like the sad short guy where you could just be like a regular short person. Exactly. And also he's not, he's that, not that short. short. He's not short. No. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like he would get up there and be like dwarfed by people. And you know what just, I mean? And it like, makes it seem like he's so obsessed with his own vanity I that know. I just can't like take him seriously as a person. Yeah. Because it, you can feel his insecurity like coming Completely. through the TV screen. I loved that shot from in one of the commercial breaks of that last debate where like Nikki Haley was just like standing casually at her podium while Ron DeSantis was like frantically being powdered behind her. <laughs> yes. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. He's a man who is really... Uh, in touch with his own concerns about his image. He's in the Donald Trump mold of... Oh, for uh, sure. You know. Yeah. But Donald Trump is actually tall. That's true. Unlike yes. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. It's just... Just be short. I know. Um, you know who's really tall? That Baron Trump. Yes. Very tall. He's like seven feet tall or yeah, something Yeah, he's something a million crazy. feet tall. Yeah. And he didn't used to be tall because he used to be young. Right. And now that he's... It's very shocking when you see a photo yeah. of him now because he's like a string Yeah, for sure. And he... And Trump won't stand next to him. No, because he's... Sh- overshadowing yeah. Trump, who himself is quite tall. Yeah. But not as tall as Barron. <sighs> well, glad we got all that in there. <laughs> That's the news. Um, we look forward to bringing you more updates about Mike Johnson, a man who oh, last sure. week we couldn't We're going to keep the getting them. It's We're, just going to be a slow... That's as, the other thing that they fucked up with. Yes. It's just like an unknown... Like, you can think that somebody is unknown, but when they're known enough to have had a podcast, like you said, mm-hmm. or have been in committees and on hearings yeah. where cameras were. He's had too were. many chances to say things. Like, we're going to just keep getting them. Yeah. It's going to be like when you find out that your favorite TikTok stars have, like, a problematic, like, Twitter past. Oh, right. 
And it, those aren't even real famous people, but like right. every once in a while someone issues an apology and you're like, what is this apology for? And then you're like, oh, right. I guess when they were 18, they didn't know much about the world. Right, like, right. It's, how, it's like how every contestant on The Bachelorette has had a blackface picture taken I, within course. the last three, in 2022, 20, right. and then they had to ex, right. know, it's explain like knew, how they didn't know that they were supposed to be doing that. We knew that should have been <laughs> over 30 years ago, and yet that's the kind of people we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, but that's who Mike Johnson is as well. Yeah, for sure. He's basically a reality show contestant who's going to get caught. Well, he has a blackface photo too, so don't worry about that. <laughs> it's, sure. You know how like his so, his um, fake black son told him it was fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like we're just going to every day have a new uh, yeah fun thing thing. That, Do yeah. you want to know how I knew what Young Life was? Is there a documentary about that or something like that? No, or, although I be. hope there is. Yeah. Um, I learned about Young Life because I Googled it recently. Oh, sure. The reason I Googled it recently is because you know how I went down a rabbit hole of Fleetwood Mac obsession? Uh-huh. Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham met at a Young Life meeting. No. And I was like, what the fuck is Young Life? And then I Googled oh it and I was God. like, no. Oh, my God. So that's a little Young Life tidbit for I all of you. I kept getting it confused with, um, what is it, Young Living? Oh, which yeah, is the, the, uh, the, the essential oil. Essential people. oil place. <laughs> I thought that, too. That's why I Googled it. Cause I also was like, a cult. Also a cult. Exactly. That's... I was like, I didn't realize that Young Living was around in the 70s or whatever, in the 60s. And then I was like, nope, nope. That's not the same thing. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So. Well. It all comes back that. to Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> to Fleetwood Mac and essential oils. <laughs> <clears throat> we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.